1: us on Instagram, and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Well, hello, Delora. We are back on the mic. What's going on, girl? Hey, Ashley. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm tired because one of my hidden gems for next week kept me up till the early hours of the morning because that's how that I was watching it in bed on my phone okay usually when I go to my room and I turn on something on my phone that's the time it's like okay we're gonna stop because I'm not watching it on my big screen but nope I stuck it all the way through so that's why I'm a little bit exhausted but otherwise I'm here I'm rocking with you and I'm ready to go yes so first things first, this was not on our list, but you know, we talked about it off mic. Just wanna make a brief mention of the fact in our as we get into our quick headlines that the jury has awarded Vanessa Bryant and co-plaintiff Christopher Chester. Thirty-one million dollars in damages um, for the crash photos that were out there from the crash that took the lives of Kobe, Gianna, um, and multiple other uh, victims that day in a helicopter crash. So that news did just come out as of the day that we're recording. So we did want to um, mention that briefly.
0: Thank you for that update. I'm so happy um, that. It was a unanimous verdict mm-hmm. because she shouldn't have been in this position to begin with.
1: Yeah, And it just I mean, it's so devastating and tragic uh, the way that all of this unfolded. So it's been sad to see her continue to be kind of pulled through this situation. And even the picture of seeing Monica and Sierra come And sit with her and be with her during the trial. I mean, wonderful to have your friends when you need them. But I was like, this is too much for her to be having to go through.
0: And it's the same week as Kobe's birthday.
1: Like. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been 44 years old. Rough. Happy heavenly birthday. All right. Let's dive in to our other quick headlines our first one we have two weddings to discuss our first one is sarah highland the eldest dumpy child is officially off the market yes she is i honestly wasn't sure i was gonna see this happen and i think they weren't quite sure either at this point <laughs> so it's sarah highland and her boothang. Wells adams who got married um looking at pictures i'm looking at people in my first article because i have like three up for this uh i'm looking at the cast kind of reunion photo that we have that sophia vergara posted Mm -hmm. i'm not sure where ed o'neill ty burrell and eric stone street were but (laughs) i guess we can make it yeah we have pretty much everybody else i mean phil needs to be there though phil is tv dad like what are we doing phil What are you doing, Ty?
0: But the fact that Jesse officiated is like everything. Everything. I love it.
1: I love the picture. She wore two dresses, which were beautiful. Vera Wang. There's a whole Vogue photo shoot that they did so there are a bunch of pictures and an article out there just kind of explaining again their journey to the altar they have been engaged since 2019 obviously the pandemic pushed them back multiple times from being able to get married as it did for many people that I'm sure can relate to that and they did it they got married (laughs) on Saturday at Sunstone Winery near Santa Barbara California you know who was also there Chris Harrison (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes because it's so funny because I've seen her and her fiance in the news for a while and it did not occur to me until recently that he was absolutely a contestant on The Bachelor. Yes he was. And he was he was also in the bachelor paradise yes. shows and everything so he's
1: the bartender he has yes. been a mini host when they have needed him to be and i know that just from the one season of bachelor paradise that i oh, watched that was I've never watched hella messy because i was the one where brendan showed his whole ass Ugh. The one from rachel season the one from was that rachel season the one with the turtlenecks mm no I don't think so he was this he was a season that I watched but I can't remember which season it was no he was the one where they switch it was Tasha. he was the one who was in like Tasha's top three yes yes and we loved him and we he did trade us that's right oh uh, broke my heart broke my heart yeah it was ugly so yeah Wells um you know I would say that this is a beautiful, exciting, happy news for them. They were finally able to walk down the aisle. Yes. But again, I wasn't sure if we were going to see this day. So um, I was surprised still when it finally came up. I was like, yes, hallelujah. You guys did it. I thought maybe we were just going to be engaged forever. So congratulations to the couple for sure.
0: She looks so beautiful and they look so happy. And what I love about this is... It it reminds me how old she really is. Like she's 31. She played so much younger when she was on Modern Family, a show that is so near and dear to us. So happy to see the reunion and happy, happy for the new couple.
1: It's also interesting. I had just read in on CNN that she was talking about she may not take her husband's last name. Her mom didn't take her father's last name. So she said she hadn't decided. I love little nuggets like that. Like, yeah. Do your thing out here, Sarah. Do your thing. So let's move on to our second wedding, which is literally a second wedding. And that is for Bennifer. We talked about the Vegas nuptials. We talked about her beautiful dress that she had saved from a movie. But for this one, she went all out. She was truly Jennifer Lopez.
0: First of all, she was trying to play us as and as like, I'm just Jenny from the block. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah you she pulled out
1: all the stops
0: the jennifer lopez with three custom
1: three ralph Lauren beautiful dresses did you have a favorite of the three i absolutely did my favorite out of the three was the beaded one interesting my favorite is the backless with the high neck and the long train mm-hmm. stunning stunning simple how yet long stunning. is the night to have time <laughs> it's as long three? as we need it to be it's as absolutely as long as they needed it to be for her to get all her looks in didn't Paris Hilton do like three or four dresses
0: but you do know the hair is different I doubt the makeup
1: is that different but still when you have a hair and makeup team it's nothing it's cake right it's nothing and one of the things that i love that i read as i was going through um about their wedding and their nuptials is well first of all we should talk about the fact that casey affleck didn't show supposedly he He has some type of parental obligation that he he shouldn't it's still his brother i know he has his ish but
0: he has his ish and i don't know if j-lo might wanted to have been around that that's my oh so
1: you think maybe he was told to stay away easily mm. Mm. could be you know family and all that he did post something on social media which I guess is is nice but I loved that Kevin Smith in an article I'm reading from Yahoo mm-hmm. Kevin Smith who I didn't realize he coined Benifer where have I been he said he bawled throughout the ceremony it was overwhelmingly <laughs> emotional he said fuck was one of the most beautiful events i've ever been present for in my life that's so beautiful
0: that is beautiful again back to the three dresses really quick does ben care who is she doing this for
1: for us it's for her <laughs> at this rate it's for us it's for the Fawns. <laughs> She knows her of, especially now that she has this newsletter and everything, the content, the looks. I mean, it's Jennifer Lopez. So, yeah. When we talked about this before, I said, oh, maybe she doesn't care anymore, you know, because she has the man. What do you need all the extras when you have the man of your dreams? But she said, no, I still got to serve y'all some looks. Still got some helicopter overhead photos. So, it was what it was. All the kids were present. I everybody say, wore white so yes
0: I beautiful. do love that about it and the sneak peek that she provided on her Instagram her makeup looked fire but it came with a womp womp when you find out that they got married on Ben's freaking plantation in Georgia yeah I'm yeah. like that that really rubbed me the wrong way So it's just like, oh, you know, I'm such a fan of this Bender for 2.0, but this was, this is not a fun fact for me.
1: (laughs) My brother had just sent a message to me, I think a little bit before we started recording and it's from Black Enterprise talking about J-Lo Face's backlash after marrying Ben at his plantation style estate. So what type of backlash though? It just says coming under fire. Yeah. I mean, we do it
0: for Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds all the time. That comes up often. Like as much as we appreciate them, it's like
1: y'all got married on a freaking plantation. Like, Well, but this is actually Ben's house that was built in 2000. And it was built to resemble a southern plantation. So, But it was on slave land, though. Y'all think this aesthetic is cute. Yeah, right.
0: right.
1: <laughs> you wanted a big house. Got it. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Yes, I see. It says, even more disturbing findings revealed the home was built on land owned by a slave owner and plantation manager. But again, yes. y'all thought this aesthetic was cute. This was intentional.
0: A Boston man,
1: by the way. Yeah, and we don't have to get in, even get into all that. I, I'm, no, no shade to Boston. I've just heard some things. No, you know no, what I mean? we just...
0: As black people, we have heard things about Bostonians and black folks. That's all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is someone who said plantation style weddings are just as sick and inappropriate as slave quarter Airbnbs. They must be called out. Also, J-Lo is now officially a white Latina. No one with a real black abuela would co-sign this gone with the wind BS. Well, there you go.
0: I have nothing else to say, Ashley.
1: <laughs> all right, let's move on to our final quick headline, which is the FBI and this report from 2016 on Angie and Brad and that whole situation that happened on an airplane. I called this, for some reason, for all the headlines this week, I kind of put like a my own headline. So I labeled this loose lips, and unsealed docks. So let's talk about. Some of the things. That were discussed. In an article from. Entertainment Weekly. It says an explosive. FBI report is shedding new light. On an allegedly violent incident. Between Angelina Jolie. And Brad Pitt on their private plane. It's a heavily redacted report. But Jolie. Is identified as AJ. And she accused. Brad Pitt at the time who was her husband, a physical assault as the family returned to California after a two week trip. The actor allegedly led Angelina to the back of the plane where he grabbed her by the head and shoulders and shook her while yelling, you're effing up this family. Pitt also allegedly punched the ceiling of the plane four times per the report when Angie opened the door, two of her children were outside the door crying and asked, are you okay? And Brad Pitt reportedly replied, No, Mommy's not okay. She's ruining this family. He also allegedly poured beer on Angie while she was under a blanket with the kids. Delora, Brad Pitt's camp is basically saying that this is just a publicity stunt and an attack on him. Why is this coming back up after six years?
0: Because he has a movie out. <laughs> I feel like the information is probably available now, and what perfect time to release it than his big blockbuster film Bullet Train. Mm. I feel like I am on no one's side in this scenario because we do not know all facts. However, I will say. Angie seems like the type of person or her team is like, anytime is a good time to remind people what it is about this man over here. So.
1: This was wild when I first read it. Right. Because again, it has been so long. We had just talked a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about Angie taking their daughter to Spelman. Yeah. This had been so messy for so long and still kind of was ongoing. And then this comes out. And you remember,
0: we saw that interview and the reporter asked him about his daughter going to Spellman and the sadness in that man's eyes. He was like, yeah, yeah. you said he
1: looked sad. And I was like, maybe he's just doesn't want to be asked. I don't think he probably seen some of his children in some time obviously there's a lot more that went on and we knew this before than we were ever going to be made aware of but i think to this extent i always thought that maybe it was a situation where one parent wanted to be a little more um disciplinary in a physical way than the other yeah so this coming out about you know, a little bit more violence than I had anticipated hearing about was definitely towards like took, her too, towards right? her. Yeah. Towards her, it took me aback. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I read it and I was like, damn, this what, is what is killing me is I'm only is this
0: imprint. It's not on any of the gossip social media sites. E news ain't really talking about it, like Entertainment Tonight, Extra, Access. Where where's their story? It's definitely you would think something like this would be a
1: block information. Well, I think maybe it's a factor of the machine and people obviously yes. wanting to protect. But it's also, I mean, it is Both the truth. Them. It is the yes. truth to a certain degree. When in this article they're saying that there's nothing new here. Obviously, the FBI chose not to pursue any charges or anything at the time very true and so maybe a lot of those outlets honestly already knew a lot of this information so to them it's not new but to a lot of us in the public yes because we
0: again to the public we always knew something happened on that pj right and we don't know what it was and then here it is us getting some some light although it was heavily redacted
1: You know what I found so fascinating in these later years of Angelina Jolie's life, career, all of that, is how reserved she is now. Because I feel like an Angelina back in the day would have been more forthcoming about certain things. Like she was just a little bit more wild back in the day than she is now and outspoken and she still is outspoken but about her about her causes absolutely yes yes. but in terms of her personal life but i get it too they were under such a magnifying glass that has to do something to you that has to change your 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 actions seismic shift when he left jennifer that still breaks my heart It still breaks my heart because I told you I went back and I read this like 2005 like Vanity Fair article that Jen did and she cried at the end when the reporter said that she had heard that Angie was pregnant. So that was before she found out that really was in the news that was in the article because she started crying and she refused to like speak on it because i think at the time it was well brad and i discussed this there's no third party involved this is us deciding to go our separate ways but ma'am she was she had maybe nine months like almost to the day after y'all filed yeah heartbreaking so no i will never i will never get over that (laughs) but at the same time this is um this is wild And it does. I remember Angie saying, like, it took a lot for me to make the decision to leave the father of my children. I didn't I didn't make that decision lightly. Evidentiary support, perhaps. Perhaps. Anything else to add to this quick headline? No, ma'am. All right. Let's move into our two hot topics, both music related today. The first one, I know you had to hear about this Capitol Records AI rapper situation.
0: It came and went real
1: quick, didn't it? It did, but it still freaked me out. (laughs) Capitol Records has severed ties with artificial intelligence rapper FN Mika, and they issue an apology after facing criticism for gross stereotypes. On August 14th, Capitol Records announced that it has signed... This digital rapper and TikTok influencer labeled as the world's first AR artist to sign with a major label. The artist was described as an AI-powered robot rapper. And the first single on the label was Florida Water Gross, which featured Gunna and gaming streamer Clicks. Hours before they made the announcement, there was an activist group called Industry Blackout that released a statement calling for the label to cut ties, specifically because, again, of the uh, way that it is showing a lack of sensitivity towards the Black community. It was said that this AI rapper used the N-word in songs, but was supposedly created by white creators. And it also, apparently, there was an image of this AI rapper being brutalized by police all these things yes I mean it was just it's just a mess like even hearing about the way that they created it and the way that one of the creators tried to make it seem like oh this is a way of making sure that record labels get the success they're looking for because with regular traditional human beings the success rate is only one percent like what did you think I mean first of all what do you think about the idea of signing ai rappers and then secondarily did you have any additional thoughts about the controversy
0: well it's so funny that um this news came out because i speaking of e-news i was watching daily pop one of my favorite shows and they were talking about an ai model just signed with one of those teenage brands something sun I, i can't remember the brand right now and so the idea is when you have AI, especially if you're talking about a model or a rapper, guess what? They're that age forever. They're less likely to cause controversy or get canceled. And there's more control in all revenue coming into these executive pockets. But when I saw this particular AI rapper, my first thought was this looks demonic like Mm. what the fuck is this (laughs) like he looks insane insane obviously racially ambiguous but we obviously know where they were leaning but it was just absolutely disgusting like uh this one person on twitter I thought their insights was pretty good. It, it's CarlyHustle.na. <laughs> it says no one. And then there's a semicolon blank. And then it says white music executives left in the room unsupervised. Let's create an artificial rapper who says the N words and simulates our deepest fetishes and fantasy sees about blackness and materialism. And he will never get arrested unless we want him to which is a fun storyline. Let's try that. Like commenting on the picture of this clown being beat by a white officer. When I saw that picture, I was thoroughly disgusted. And when I saw that Capitol Records severed their ties, I'm like, well, at least someone had some sense. Maybe not initially, but there was no way, no way. Something like this would be okay. But they tried it and they found out, Ashley.
1: <laughs> when this news first came out that they had signed the AR artists, I was like, I'm old because this sounds scary as fuck to me. Like, I don't like all of this. <laughs> what are we saying when the arts are being taken over by computer generated robotic things? Like, is my, my music is sacred, you know? I I, I love music. I don't it want invokes-
0: this emotion how can you evoke emotion
1: from something that is soulless right i just always go back to the movie surrogates or Bruce willis where they stopped even living lives they just went and plugged into a chair and let their little robots go live their lives for them like at any time i hear about certain progress in technology i just think i don't need to be around for those days like I think the arts need to be left alone. I get that technology has really helped us in so many ways and that we will continue to progress in that area. But this didn't, this news didn't excite me at all. benefit from it. Yeah, this news did not excite me. So then when it came up about who this was created by, the fact that it's another attempt to, (laughs) you know, do what some white folks have been doing for a very long time, didn't surprise me, but it was swift.
0: It was Swift. This other tweet um, is a reply to the one I read before. It says, oh, they love him. They're like 0% royalty payments, 100% revenue, full control. This is the Jimmy Ivy mean, and Jim Crow dream collab.
1: Yeah, because who are they really paying and how did the negotiations really work when it comes to something like this? So many things that I'm not sure where discussed or discovered yet but i hope this is it let this be a little experiment that dies right here i know it's not i know it's not but i wish it was let me read their little apology real quick they said we offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity and in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it who signed to Capitol Records? Still, little baby snoop 50 sam smith ice cube i'm sure even if it hadn't been this there may have been other artists who would have started speaking out on this as well unless they figured out a way to cash in because that's another thing if people can find ways to cash in they may be all for it let's move on to our final hot topic of the day again another music related diddy has caused controversy he has declared that r&b is debt caused many an artist to speak out including usher who i don't think i had ever heard usher really upset maybe outside of his trial with his ex-wife um he he felt some type of way about his old friend diddy speaking out on the state of r&b and he wasn't alone chris brown summer walker some other folks had some thoughts and some and some comments he did try to clarify And he said on Twitter, it's been three days of the debate. This is the clarity of the message. It's not disrespect to anybody. This conversation was out of love and me purposefully wanting to bring attention to R&B. It was something that I saw the effect of the hip hop and R&B balance. That balance is honesty and realness when it comes together. Melodies, vulnerability, and most importantly, love. This message is that R&B needs more love, vulnerability, and support. Delora. Is R&B dead?
0: Absolutely not. I think my favorite response to this obvious marketing ploy by Diddy <laughs> would be Usher's response to it. He's like, you wouldn't have hip hop without R&B. and b is a slow burn. And again, to his point, he was he was talking about how, you know, the Superstar Challenge and even the resurgence of his music, courtesy of the Tiny Desk. If r and didn't have the same power, it wouldn't m- matter as much as it does. You know what I mean? And again, hip-hop wouldn't exist because guess what hip-hop always pulls from? r and From the past, the present. Them samples. When I tell you one of my favorite Afrobeats artists, Burna Man, he sampled Tony Braxton's song. He's like, she getting like over 60% of my check because I decided to sample one of her songs. Like RB is not dead, Ashley. I is it the you know genre on top right now? No. And it hasn't been since the 90s, in my personal opinion. But we know that with each new generation, you know, it's a it's a will. So something's gonna be on top. Other things are going to be on the bottom again. Or you just need white people to sing it. That's another controversial, <laughs> controversial hot take there. Um, I.e. Adele, Sam Smith, um, etc. Justin
1: Bieber. Trump Justin R&B Bieber. Album.
0: Can we not forget? I mean, Usher did that. So I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is this. I mean, that's why we got freaking Beyonce and Renaissance bringing back house music from the '90s, late '80s, '90s. You
1: understand? So '70s even. Yes. <sighs> yeah, R and B is my absolute love, my favorite genre of music. I understood when I heard this debate and I've heard so many conversations about it. Shout out to my guys at the ITO. I listened to their conversation about it too. I understand the sentiment behind thinking that R&B is dead because it feels like nobody's really making the R&B of the love song generation, of the crooners, of certain types of content. It seems like it's just changed. And you know, change is inevitable, but to say that R&B is dead is absolutely false, right? You still have great R&B artists making great music. Is it the most popular art form to your point? I think you said it so well. No, it's not. But, you know, like Chris Brown said, you know, R&B ain't dead, y'all are just ugly. So let somebody really popular, <laughs> let somebody, um, you know, come up and, and find that mood or that time again when it's ripe for profit as well as for listenership and boom it's going to be back to what it was and everything is cyclical anyway so you know the r&b of the 90s i still go back and listen to heavy 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 because you can't tell me nothing about somebody who can sing talk about miss tony braxton i still go back and listen to um i want me some him and you know just all those great Great songs, ballads, all that stuff. But there's still variations of that today. Like I said, there's still some great artists putting out music. So I get why certain artists may have felt attacked by those statements. But, you know, Diddy is going to say what he's going to (laughs) say. And he's not the arbiter of taste or of the industry. So it was just one man's opinion. There you go. Anything additional for this before we move into our microdose? Watch this. All right, kids, we do have a micro dose today because Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. I was not prepared (laughs) for that. That was brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was wonderful. We are back in the world of Game of Thrones and we're back at King's Landing, baby them Thrones, record-breaking premiere of house of the dragon on sunday nearly 10 million people tuned into this episode broke hbo max okay them dragons biggest audience for any new original hbo series ever period there are so many thoughts I've seen memes, I've seen articles, but we're going to give you guys our thoughts on these first introductions back into this world to these new characters. By the way, HBO has this amazing character guide because I know I personally was getting confused. So just go to (laughs) HBO.com and they have this like it's literally a family tree. And you can see House of Targaryen. You can see House of Hightower, House of Valerian. Like, it's amazing. So go check that out if you just need to see kind of how everything ties together. But, Delora, let's just dive into the episode, right? So we are, as I mentioned, back into the world of Game of Thrones. It's set 200 years before the events of uh, the the Game of Thrones that we came into and before Dan- uh, Daenerys is around and and trying to break her chains, and we are introduced to a time where the House of Targaryen is, you know, living their best lives. We have uh the family in power, led by King Viserys, and his brother Daemon is over here being a little troublemaker, vying to be, you know, kind of his heir apparent, even though he has a daughter. Being a little troublemaker. You know, I'm I'm being nice for now because we're gonna dive into some of his antics. But um we have his daughter who at the time it was not thought that she was gonna be able to be his heir because it's not something that women should be doing. Women shouldn't be on the throne. What? Uh, Rhaenyra. And then we also have his wife who is pregnant and expecting potentially a male heir. So that's kind of where we get started. There is a little bit of history that they give about how Viserys got into power and all of that. But you know, we hear, we see in the central conflict and you know, I feel like for this first episode it really focused on lineage and on the kind of dissemination of power like we're just getting introduced to this king but we're already focused on who's next in line
0: yes which i told dave is game of thrones (laughs) 2.0
1: so when you first get are getting into this episode and you're kind of getting into these characters and figuring everything out what were your immediate first thoughts
0: that this was really rich really wealthy and apparently they put all the dollars in this in this episode
1: um they said every episode is 15 to 20 million dollars period Crazy. Easily. crazy hands down
0: so honestly watching the episode it was all an acclim getting reacclimated. Like, where are we in this world? Are we in King's Landing? Are we um, you know, in their ancestral home before they took over? Well, okay. And then you're like, oh, there's the Iron Throne. Okay. And to the point that I was making earlier, so Dave, I was like, oh, so this is just Game of Thrones within the Targaryen family. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like Silver yep. War is upon us. Yep. When I tell you I was impressed with the wiggage this time around, <laughs> The really imp- I, I'm very appreciative of it because we had some issues
1: uh, in those earlier seasons, if you know what I mean. I, it's hard for me to even pay attention to the hair because of how much death and destruction and rapage and all these other things are Violence. going on in Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, It's not a Tyler Perry film where I'm like, God... The wig department, what's going on. And this is always like there's so many other factors that you know, I'm trying to figure out who's trying to kill who, who's about to backstab who, who is trying I, to
0: maneuver I, and outmaneuver. Absolutely. Cause like, especially when we had like the king's council, I was like, Okay, we have it, we have the hand of the king. Okay. Um when I yeah. saw who in the hand of the king
1: is trying to give his daughter as a the, I was holding like, out his daughter? Right. This is what we're doing. And that yes. was like anything for the pleasure of the
0: king, including your child. What? The king <gasps> read the king's story. Wear your mama's
1: dress. Sir? Let's le- let me re- let me dial it back for just a second. So in this episode, like I said, we're we're really discussing lineage and the fact that Viserys got even to be king over his cousin, another f- woman in the family who was just as qualified. It's mentioned. It seems like that's also setting up conflict, and then you have the conflict between him and his brother. Yes, his brother right now is over the Night's Watch. And
0: I call his brother the spawn of Satan, by the way.
1: Every time he comes on that
0: screen, I'm like, he is trouble, to quote Taylor Swift.
1: Extremely <laughs> prone <laughs> to violence. Extremely prone to rash decisions. In this first episode, we see him. They show a battle, like, with, you know... He's untethered. He, who, him living his best life. Who does he humble himself before who it ain't I, god it ain't his brother i saw people loving damon's character by the way and i was like are these How? people who just gravitate towards villainous characters or is there something that i'm not seeing in damon that you guys are seeing like like I know that there is a, a a moment, a bonding moment between him and Ranira that we're going to get to. But other than that, like he had no redeeming qualities that I could see in this first None. episode, at least.
0: None. And like that meme I sent you that I got from E-Man's reviews. He's nothing but a big Joffrey for me.
1: And that's the thing, the level of cruelty that we've seen in the Game of Thrones universe, like I can't I definitely can't say that I don't think he's gone down that same path. That very violent scene where they went and rounded up all these people and did gross and horrific things to them in the street. In the name of the king. I'm like, do we know that they actually did the crimes? Like, I don't. Are they just picking random people in the street? It just it just seemed unhinged. It was absolutely unhinged. And it was something that obviously his brother had to take the heat for him for. But I was almost wondering, like, how many times has this sort of thing happened over the course of y'all lives and over, you know, the course of, you know, him growing up? You know, has this just been kind of an unchecked rage and situation? He has because to the point of like Otto and some of the other people, if he was king, he would slaughter any enemy he ever encountered. And that's not the type of king that it seems like Viserys wants to be because they talk about the king before him was a peacetime king right so we want to preserve
0: peace yeah but he does come off as weak though
1: that's what damon said to him but hey i need a balance like yeah no i I agree there's i think there's also strength in sitting back absorbing what the folks around you are saying but also taking into consideration you know overall what's going to be best for the people of the kingdom because that's one thing yes it's not actively talked about in the world of game of thrones what is actually best for the people <laughs>
0: oh my gosh never have the people been in anybody's for
1: it was for danny for a while right and then there was a flip
0: but it was a god complex too that yeah was very there was a flip comfortable um with her especially with the brown people i'm like what are we doing what are we doing but okay You know what
1: I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So one of the most heavily talked about scenes from this first episode is the death of the queen. Girl. It is a decision that the king makes about whether to save her or their unborn child when the child is breached during delivery. And apparently back then it was a 50-50 chance of survival when you have a baby, right?
0: I was like, I, so the cesarean section didn't exist? <laughs> that That's what I kept saying um, before they made that decision because they're, you know, talking about the baby being stuck or whatever.
1: Yeah, it seems that they only had remedies that were found in whatever books of the era that were absolutely barbaric. I fast forwarded through this birthing scene. Uh, apparently some women didn't think it went far enough. What did you think about this scene?
0: Oh my gosh. It's television. Do we It is a television show where dragons exist. Why do we need any other examples of childbirthing (laughs) than what we got? That was enough for me. I'm good. Thanks.
1: Apparently they want it to be even more visceral. I could I didn't want to watch it. I knew what was about to happen. I knew he was about to murder his wife. I guess I shouldn't even call it the birthday scene. It was a murder. It was a murder.
0: I knew he was thinking it. He was so obsessed with his male heir. And I was like,
1: if this is not a boy, he's gonna hate himself forever. Well, I knew the baby wasn't gonna survive, too. I said, You're gonna do all of this, and the kid's gonna die. And And I feel like it
0: also felt, and this is me also thinking. He felt comfortable making that decision because she told him she was going to try anymore. So, this was his last stitch effort to get that mill air he wanted so much.
1: As King, it had never crossed his mind prior that he could change the rules and make his daughter his. Soft. Heir. Soft. Where's a Lannister when you need one? I need someone <laughs> who was clever, who yeah. knows things, okay? You're hilarious. <laughs> it was tragic it was a tragic scene i didn't need it to be any worse especially because you did have it intercut with the battle scene because in the the they discussed it in some of the articles i read that as the queen said the birthing bed is the battlefield for a woman so it was supposed to be kind of just that you know I thought it was brilliant it was bloody and brilliant it was bloody and it was a little bit too much for me. So that's why yeah. some of that was not watched because y'all stay trying to traumatize people on these shows, but they got their message across and it definitely set up the rest of the season, right? Because to see such a huge, tragic decision be made right off the bat, obviously is going to have repercussions. And again, Rhaenyra is then, it's decided that she's going to be The heir because Damon is overheard in a brothel because Damon, you know, that's how Damon gets down. Calling
0: free time. Calling his own
1: calling his own deceased nephew heir for a day. This definitely rubbed the king in the absolute wrong way. How did you find that to be extremely offensive? Hell yeah. And I hope he burned in hell too.
0: Tell us how you really feel. I'm quoting the great Sam <laughs> Sam Jackson
1: from A Time to Kill. Ah, you taking it back. Throwback. Um, I can't tell yet whether this is a responsibility that Ranira is ready for. It seems like she may be conflicted.
0: Why would why do you think she's conflicted? I think, first of all, being an eldest
1: daughter, she's absolutely ready for that job. Listen. <laughs> listen to you (laughs) whether she's ready is not what I'm saying I'm wondering if she is conflicted about what this means for her life I think this was something that she had thought was never going to be so now she has to prepare herself for the inevitability of it all and that's huge I mean to have been born thinking this is a response I mean you know that's like being the whatever in line to the throne and then suddenly all those people are gone and you're like shit i never thought yeah. i was gonna be the one well, yeah i never thought i was gonna have that responsibility that's real life queen elizabeth i mean she was never yeah. supposed yeah.
0: to be in secession based off her father's birth
1: and honestly they usually say that those make the best rulers because there's no ambition behind them mm-hmm. there's no greed um, but in this case, we know that this is leading to a place of eventual war called the Dance of the Dragons, a civil war amongst the family. So yep. we're, I'm, I'm just wondering how, obviously, as we progress in this season, it's all going to get set up, especially because we talked about Otto and him being the right hand of the king and him trying to push his daughter towards Viserys now. She, uh, Allison, is a villain, apparently, in the books, She is going to be a rival of Rhaenyra, even though they're best friends right now.
0: And they seem like they have a little bit of a connection there that's a little bit more than sisterly, in my personal opinion.
1: I wasn't sure if that was just my imagination. Mm. Because I thought that, too. I was like, you know, I don't usually be that physically close to my female friends, but that could just be me.
0: But don't get me wrong. I, you know, touch my friends, but we don't (laughs) caress each other. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, are they trying to tell
1: us something about their relationship? I mean, it could be. And it would be even more interesting if that is one of the catalysts for them falling out, right? It's like mm. love gone wrong. Right. So we'll see what happens. There are outlier characters that I don't feel like we necessarily need to dive too deep into on this first episode because they weren't necessarily prominent. But there's definitely setup in the situation with you know the council that is around the king and otto and Damon to kind of see pieces puzzle pieces being put into place for why there's going to be such a clash at some point in time we see the dragons last thing we see the dragons living their best lives um at the start of this all big and free there was the moment that viserys had with rhaenyra where he tells her about the story of fire and ice and how there's going yes. to come a time when humanity is going to have to come together and all this and that. And that the it's an illusion that they have control over the dragons. Do you think that the dragons are going to turn against the Targaryens?
0: That's a great question. I don't think so. I think, based off my understanding of the lore, you know, the Targaryens and dragons are, you know, hand in glove. So... I think I think this event, though, the Civil War is what s- accelerates, you know, the number of the decline in the number of dragons in general, though. I, I do think that plays a role because, again, they were, you know, big and free and
1: because they make you know, them kill each other. essentially. Exactly, exactly why why are we got to be a part of this human mess i'm sure is what the dragons were thinking we were living we were loving we were loyal yeah anything else any other thoughts you had give me especially your thoughts on you know i love i know you love scenery and production design (laughs) what do you think about the sets
0: gorgeous it feels like home (laughs) (laughs) I know some people aren't happy about it because, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This stuff is very steeped in mis- misogyny and grossness and violence. But <laughs> one of my friends on Facebook was like, the way my toxic relationship is set up with Game of Thrones is I'm going <laughs> to be watching, you know, the House of Dragons. And sure enough, they're like, welcome. Welcome home. Mm hmm. The things that I want to highlight are the following. All, all the fallout, especially with black folks. We have a hashtag on Twitter, Dem Dragons. If you remember during Game of Thrones, if you ever wanted to know black people's perspective, it was always Dem Thrones. Now it's Dem Dragons. That's the new mm-hmm. hashtag. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets, there's been several, but it has everything to do with Lord. Lord Valerian, one of my favorite things he did in that whole episode as somebody said this on Twitter is like the blackest thing that happened in this whole episode was Lord Valerian knowing not to j- get drunk around white people
1: <laughs> <laughs> He sure did say no nah, I'm good he like I'm good
0: decisions are being made. I'm gonna be aware and you know I- I'm paraphrasing it because um, I can't remember where I found it, but there was an interview with the black actor. And of course people were up in arms to see a black person in a fantasy world. And he's like, this world has dragons. Why can't there be a black person here? (laughs) Like you can miss me with that. And the fact that, you know, he's married to a powerful Targaryen and everything like that. I'm I'm loving
1: it. I, I am super excited. I just realized that his wife is, her mother was a Baratheon. I'm looking at this HBO character guide and. What
0: is this HBO character guide? It's I mean, on
1: HBO.com to... and there's a character guide for it, but her mother was Jocelyn Baratheon. Fascinating. What? Yeah, it's but, on HBO.com. Just Google. Just Google. But yeah,
0: it's back to the meme again. That I was talking about earlier. We have a little Daenerys, um, hilarious. We King versus Mad King for the King. My two favorites Jamaican Targaryen, which is the black man, and then Mrs. <laughs> Jamaican
1: Targaryen. I did like his hair.
0: He looks so good. I'm telling you, the wigs are on point this year. So, I mean, it better be with as much money they put in. So, I'm ready for the drama. I'm ready for the backstab. I'm ready for the... Because the one thing about Game of Thrones in this world, the surprises, they are just so big and rich.
1: I just don't
0: know what's in store.
1: The last thing I want to say is I'm so glad George R.R. Martin is heavily invested in this particular Mm. series and heavily involved. Yeah. I feel like Hopefully that means that there will not be the fan disappointment that we experienced from the original series because he is the most invested person in the world in accurately telling these stories, right? So I'm excited. This first episode excited me. It was a slow burn, but I had expected and anticipated a slow burn because that's how Game of Thrones started. You need to invest. You cannot start out on ten. Y'all gave me some moments, but I don't need the whole the whole first show to be stressful. So I appreciate, let me get in here. Let me get a handle on these characters. This let me see again. what's going on. Absolutely. And my, I'm sorry, one last thing. Why is Viserys getting cut up by this damn throne? Is he going to be okay? We can. <laughs> like physically, they got this man up here, got a cut in his back. That has not healed from sitting on his throne.
0: The other thing I wanted to mention too is. They talked about um, cauterizing it. And they should be able to. And he should be fine. Because Targaryens have a relationship with fire. That's. They can mm-hmm. withstand it. Because you know they're dragging people.
1: But I wonder if he's going to. This is just a set up for him to die prematurely. And to. Absolutely. Force the hand of obviously the path we're going down. So. Let's see what else is in store, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. All right. That's all we got for y'all today, guys. We're going to get on up out of here. Delora, what are we recapping for the people for next week?
0: All right, Ashley. We are still dealing with fairy tales and monsters because we are recapping Netflix. It was number one for two weeks. It's now number three, Day Shift, starring... The one, the only, Jamie
1: Foxx. The multi hyphened multi-talented Jamie Foxx. Gotcha. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be blessed. Bye.